Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. How'd you like the 2023? new look? How'd you like the new look, um, Gender Nebulous? It looks amazing. You've done a good job there. Yeah, with yeah. my tutelage and Your tutelage. That artist, artistic direction. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of my new look? You do look. I like your t-shirt. Yeah. You see what it says. I've moved my microphone. Yeah, let's have a look. Are you man enough to be a woman? Jane County. I was talking, you know, I was going to talk about Vivian Westwood. We are. But before, because this isn't an original. This is like, a, it's a copy of, a copy basically, but it's from if that If that was era. original, it'd be worth a fortune. Yeah, it would, but it isn't. <laughs> I got ripped off on eBay, but I still love it because I love Jane County. So um, what have you been up to yeah, over this, you know, the past couple of weeks? We've not done this for two weeks. Christmas, New well, Year. Chris, Christmas. It was a weird Christmas. Nice, quiet Christmas. Just me and my mom. Yeah. Because it's been a, it's the first Christmas without me dad. So oh, that yeah. was kind of, in, you know, for me mom, I had so, to be there. And it's like, it's like little things you notice, you know, like my dad's mm. chair is empty. There's certain things that, yeah. are, you know, my mom, my mom doesn't really talk about, emotional things she but if we see something on the telly she, oh your dad like this and then she'll start talking about him so that's how she and one of my mum's presents to me was like some of my old my dad's old raf documents and his right. kind of um award of service and stuff like that and i thought why are you giving me this now on christmas day he's like my mum doesn't she's like don't upset me <laughs> yeah, but it was a nice difficult. thing but she's okay yeah yeah and what about New Year's Eve? What did you get up to? Anything exciting? Uh, well, you know, I, I went to a party. Oh. And uh, it was a kind of, you know, non-binary, bisexual fetish party. Oh. And uh, I sat on a postman's page. <laughs> what else did I do? Oh, I patted the No wonder the, no the post has been late recently. I'm, I'm very tame, though, when it comes... Because I'm more of an observer <clears> of people. So... I like to be involved, but I feel like I'm not really invested in that world. I'm so because they're in it all the time, and that's like that's like a lifestyle for some people. Whereas I'm a sort of I just dip my toes in because I think yeah. it's something exciting to do, and they know that. And I and I think you know people respect each other, but I'm not really invested in that world like some people are. So I always feel like I'm a sort of outsider observing. So when people you know talk to me and you know i always i'm always conscious of the fact that I'm a, i feel like an imposter sometimes in that world but i'm not it's just that imposter syndrome of like oh i don't i just do this thing now and again and these people do it all the time you know but yeah, I, I wouldn't know where to look. you know it's it's i i think it's a really safe respectful space you know i guess it's, it's like a, other people yeah it's much safer than being in a club in manchester somewhere isn't it i mean at least everybody well, in in Imagine a private party like that is kind of like mm. there's rules. I mean, if you do something wrong, they'll kick you out. Well, there are trans women and trans girls there who haven't fully come out, and they go there because they can express them express mm. themselves and just be themselves because they're not come out yet. And yeah. I'll talk to them and we share information. And there was a there was there was a, a lady there who was fully uh, post-op and she'd had all the surgery and she was like showing us it was like oh my god she, you know isn't that amazing like it was like it was like wow. a, a a sort of lesson in uh trans gynecology <laughs> and i didn't know what i didn't know what to say really but anyway it was it was really interesting i mean i don't know it's not everybody's bag is it looking at 
uh, vaginas, but <laughs> it was it interesting. Sounds like it was a very educational evening. It was educational, informative, informative. and yeah, like this podcast is. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, what did you get up to last night? <laughs> well, I've been a bit. I've been a bit sick this past week. I've had a bit of a cold. You can tell by my deep voice. I've been a bit yeah. snivelly. So I was just home, had a bottle of uh, bubbly, and I watched the Jules Holland Hootenanny. Was it, was it good. good he was on? It was good. Oh, God, I can't remember who was on. There was all kinds of people on. It was good. It's always yeah. good. Was Taylor Swift on? No, Taylor Swift wasn't on. Oh, it's a shame because uh, I've been fascinated this week by a story. It's, it's not a new story. This this was a story from October, but it only became, came into my field of view. Yeah. Because somebody posted about it. Now, what this is about, so this I can might pr- sound real. I can real... press the magic button here and Taylor Swift is going to appear in the background. So let me do that. Hello, there Taylor. Taylor. Where is she? Right. So anyway, what, what was interesting to me about this story? It's, it sounds like a really banal, nothing story, but it's all about the way Taylor Swift holds her pen. Now, this was interesting to me because Taylor Swift, to me, represents something that is really norm core. You know, norm core is like this thing where you, you know, you 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 sort of play to the lowest common denominator. You know, you're not a, you know, not in any way subversive. You you just you're just a kind of cultural, um, you know, not nothing exciting. I mean, I like Taylor Swift and I love her music, so that's the. But she, so I've been practicing. This is how she holds a pen. Like most people will <laughs> hold a pen like this. I tried it myself right? earlier, and I, it's like I can't do that. It's, right, just doesn't work for me. And Taylor. She holds a pen like this now. Yeah, why that? No, that is unusual, isn't it? Now, the point. The, no, no. Actually, let me actually, get it right. you know it's what? Between... It does give you. It does give you much more control over the pen. Right, but the interesting thing for me about this, because because Taylor is so, what we would say, archetypal, kind of not out of end. She's not queer. She's not this little thing. That is different about her has become a story. Yeah, I mean, how? Why? This, this is why I wanted to ask you. I mean, why has this become a story? It's like, so what? Somebody holds a pen differently, and but but the thing, because like a lot of people go out of the way, don't they, to be subversive and and to make that shot, you know, make it send a message out. Like Harry Styles will wear female clothing; they'll make a statement. But all Taylor Swift has to do to be seen as something <laughs> a little bit different is hold a pen slightly differently than everybody else and i think that's really fascinating because it shows you how it shows you how people can appear to be different simply it's like you know people used to be left hand there used to be a boy at my school who was left handed and they tried to make him right with his right hand because they didn't think left hand and and i think it, it goes back to that idea of what is normalized and what is so this thing which i thought is a stupid story at first about taylor swift's pen i thought no that's actually interesting because it's 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 a story about somebody who we all think is fairly normal and boring and bland well i do anyway i did do about taylor swift although we don't really know taylor swift as a person she might be a complete raving fetishist behind closed doors we don't know she might be (laughs) sticking pens up her ass for all i know but the way she holds a pen has become the story and that and i have learned to write like Taylor Swift now, so I can write songs as like Taylor so you, Swift. You've been practicing in the, the past few days, have you? Yeah, 
I've, I've, I've actually learned to write, and wow. it actually is better. I think we could Taylor Swift I could start it. a revolution. Here. I think it would take me a while to get used to doing that, but it, it does give you more control. I don't know. That's, I mean, yeah. But the thing is that you thought this was a daft story, and I, I did. understand I why. And I, and I, I did. <laughs> but but it appeals to me because people that are visibly different. You know, like I've always said that trans women, trans people or queer people are people that dress differently. They're a walking protest and just being just surviving the day looking different is a big deal. Now, somebody like Taylor Swift probably never had that problem, but the media will still go for something that is even the slightest, tiniest thing that is different about somebody and turn it into a story. And I like mm. that's what I was getting at with that. And I I like Taylor Swift. I like I quite like a new song, the Antihero. It's a really good. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, a it's good quite one. deep. It is. It's a good song, you know. And I, I I was I've seen Taylor Swift live, and I've never seen I, it live. I, Where did you see it live? I at Manchester Arena. Oh wow! With my with my sister. But the thing is, I would be like when I was younger, I'd have been oh Taylor Swift, whatever. Get yourself into some napalm death. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. But I when you look at it, Taylor Swift would have been your kind of music, really. But anyway. No, but no, she's not. But I think as a cultural icon, as a as a person, as a a thing in the culture, she can't be ignored. I mean, she's I mean, she's totally LGBT positive as well, supportive. Yeah, exactly. Really so, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, she's she's not somebody that's like sexual, like like say like you've got Cardi B and people like that are overtly sexual, and they and you know like Kim Petras and Sam Smith who were who play on this idea of fetishism and stuff like that because mm. that's part of pop culture now. But Taylor's not interested in that. I know Lady Gaga and people like that flirted with the idea of fetish and Taylor Swift just does her own. She just does her own thing. I mean, but but that's the thing with Taylor Swift. That's why I'm saying all all these people are clamoring so hard to be edgy. All Taylor Swift has to do is hold yeah, the pen, hold a pen slightly yeah, differently, I and that's I understand that's why amazing. You want to talk about it now. Right, I'm getting you know talking about sex and stuff. Did we watched Cara Dal? Is it Delvine? I'm Cara, not sure. Oh, Cara Delvine. Delvine, yeah, she did plant this documentary called Planet Sex. Planet Sex, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. I watched it over the you know over the last week. Um, it's kind mm. of like six. I was going to ask you. Did you watch them all? I watched them all. So I'll just go through the names of the episodes just to give like the people an idea what it's about. It's kind of like, the first one was the orgasm gap. Really interesting stuff. Mm. Out and proud. Mm. Can porn be good? What's your gender? M- monogamish. Talking about monogamy. Mon- monogamy. I can't even mm. say that. Um, ha- uh, do you think I'm hot? I mean, it was it was really fun kind of series. Yeah, the thing I liked about it was she talked about body shaming and she talked about the idea of, you know, you know, a lot of women, a lot of girls, well, a lot of men as well, but I think it's more girls ashamed for being sexual. Um, yeah, like just, if you express <clears throat> it. There were some really good topics that came up in it, though. It was, uh, you know, so some of the little kind of side things she was talking about, I, f- I found them really interesting. I, I would yeah. highly recommend people. I think I think what what came across to me is like if I'm going to say anything cynical about it, it's that Kara is from a very sort of specific social class, so yeah. she doesn't understand because she talked a little bit and she said, "Oh, I've never been to a gay club. I've never been." Well, it's probably because you never had to be protected and you never had to feel like you had to escape your house to feel accepted. I think she comes you know from I mean? quite because a privileged it, background. 
but that's not i'm not that i'm not criticizing you know if you, it doesn't matter what background you're from you should always be deserving of no but it, respect, it might be but, you know the reason why she's not done some of these things you know yeah that's what i'm saying so so my criticism is that she, she has got a blind spot for mm. that you know but she did, and also the interviews were really quick and it moved really fast and i thought i want to know more about these people yeah it didn't really these. go into the great depth it was kind of i think each episode what? is only about 40 minutes but it was good i enjoyed it I would, I would but i think it. that's the way because that because i did comment on twitter i said it's like watching tiktok it moves so yeah. fast but that's the idea isn't it because i don't because I'm a bit of an old, I'm not old, but I'm 45 now. So me watching that, I'm used to seeing documentaries that are a bit more fleshed out. And so this is like, this is like a pop culture version of, you know, a, it's it, 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 like I said, it's like a blue Peter sex ed class with a, a with a model, <laughs> which was great. You know, I, I've, I've got to, I've got to say she did a did a good job, and she, it was very trans positive. It and it's great. It's good, especially to see, yeah, the episode not... on uh, what's your gender. I thought that was one of the best ones because yeah. you know she was interviewing trans people in there. It was it was really good. Well, you see, I had all this like weird cod science in when they're talking about gametes and chromosomes. And I'm thinking, I don't yeah. know if that really matters. I think, I think I can see the I context. Think, I think they were talking it. around that more in relation to sexuality at one point in one of the in one of the earlier episodes. I don't think they really mm. spoke about that in the "What's Your Gender" one. But mm. yeah, but I've got to remember this is this is being pitched to an audience much younger than me, and I think. Like I say, if you're 16, 17, I would have loved to have seen something like that when I was 16, 17 mm. years old. Because you just That's didn't good. really. I mean, Channel 4 used to, actually, Channel 4 used to do a really good queer kind of. I mean, I remember seeing Queer as Folk. Do you remember that TV series and oh, stuff yeah, like I do, that? Yeah. So there, were, there has been stuff out there, but it's kind of, we're living in a very conservative culture at the moment. So I think it's great that, that the BBC have done this, you know, yeah. of all people. Go so watch that's it. Good, you know. Go watch it. So yeah. whilst we were off on our little uh, Christmas break, I think just before Christmas, the, um, the Scottish Parliament has approved the gender recognition reforms in the bill that's, that was going through Parliament that week. But you, so I mean, that's great news in its own right that that's been approved. But there's been some amusing. Actually, I'm not sure if they're amusing or just annoying, but there's been some amusing stories come out. Um, Around the protester and the uh, the fake wig. Oh, you mean the uh, the protester in the Scottish Parliament with the yeah. merkin? <laughs> so gen well, gender a... critical protester flashes pub pu sorry pubic wig. I almost said public wig. <laughs> pubic <laughs> wig in Scottish Parliament after trans rights bill passed. So here we have the uh, well, the thing the, the thing about this. It. Yeah, well, what I think about this is Elaine Miller. Yeah, yeah she's she 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 pitched. I looked her up. She's like a, a comedian. She does like a show about, you know, the body. Well, and, this article you know, describes think... her as a the protester comedian, and uh... but she's linked to the Four Women Scotland group. Yeah, um, and she did a show in Edinburgh at the Fringe, and that was promoted heavily by the usual kind of people that are promoting. Uh, trans exclusionary narratives so i'm very cynical about her but i don't i don't like this idea that we're going to criticize her for having the protest i think if we're going to get all moralistic about what people can do in public and what protests should be we, we shouldn't be doing that we should say yeah whatever get your fanny out get you know pussy riot i love it anything get it get on with it but, but the, the problem interesting is the thing message... about the 
the picture behind us right now is there's the protester in the middle, you know, right between you and me, and then the the official on the left hand side. She's like she's yeah. doing this with her hands, like I don't want to see that. And and then the lady sat down next to her. Um, she looks like she's got one on her head. <laughs> but it is it it is worth pointing out that the very same people that were very upset about Jordan what was the I forget I keep forgetting her name Jordan Gray was on, on Channel 4 Jordan Gray um, was on Friday Channel 4 Night Live and, yeah yeah the very same people that were oh my god this is awful this is like uh, public nudity Ugh, it's nasty there's the very same people like who, who support um these turfs and for women Scotland whatever they're a lobby group basically I've spoke to Susan Smith from Yes, from that group, but uh, but but that's their agenda. So I don't have any, I don't have any problem with anybody doing a protest in any kind of, you know, get naked, throw throw soup at paintings, do it. But the thing is, what is their actual message? And and the thing, the problem is, well, you see, the thing about the the Channel Four thing. I mean, that was that was after the watershed. It was, you know, it was a pre-planned thing. The the audience in the room would have known it was going to happen, you know, but. This happened in the Scottish Parliament, middle of the day, you know, with people in the general public there. You're not supposed to, you know, had that been a real, yeah, that not yeah, been exactly. a wig. I mean, you're not supposed to do that in Parliament. You, you would get arrested for doing that sort of thing. I um, don't think she'll get arrested. I just no. think it's a, she's, she's used mean, it as a, a publicity stunt, publicity but it's stunt. backfired. It has. Because the, the idea of having a moral authority if you're uh, cuz cuz a lot of the arguments against us are like oh you're immoral you're fetishistic you're weird all these things well this is this is what we kind of celebrate in a way this kind of protest and this kind of freedom of expression but there was a huge backlash we, we want Jordan. her to have yeah. wasn't there? there was a huge backlash against Jordan and then absolutely nothing against this it's like totally kind of you know what's going on there it's like why why is there such a different reaction because one's trans and the other's not well that's it you see because once the trans element is because they think of us as men you see so so any sort of sexual um expression we have they see it as some kind of it's, it must be threatening because it, and that and that does men a disservice as well because obviously like we know we know the statistics we know that mo- like most sex crimes most uh, horrible things are happening because of men. I don't think it's because of men. I think it's because it's something endemic in society that 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 ignores the misogyny in men. Like from when boys, uh, you know, we need, it's like this thing. We need to we need to teach boys to stop being misogynistic. We don't teach. We shouldn't be teaching girls that you have to watch out for men. We should be teaching boys not to be assholes. That exactly. might be your starting point. Yeah, much better. So when so when. But when, but when we try, when we try to look, you need to say this in schools. You need to promote LGBTQI plus whatever. They, the same people said, no, we don't want any of that. We don't want any of that inclusivity, and that, and that's what that's the crux of it because they want to maintain the patriarchy and the misogynistic, the systemic misogyny, and that's what creates toxic men. It's not boys. Boys are innocent. When boys go through this puberty and they go through this shaming that they like, there there are a lot of men that are shamed for basically having sexual desires about things that other people find they shouldn't, they think they shouldn't be feeling. Mm. So they'll bury that, and then when they see somebody like me on Twitter, they'll they'll target me because I represent something that they've oppressed. 
And that's what it comes down to. They'll say, because I because I am open and I and nobody can I mean everything about me is transparent and it's online, right? I don't um, but there are a lot of men I think who live double lives. What's that? There's a line in a Kinks. I love this song, right? For it's called Yo Yo by the Kinks, and it says there are many different people living double lives: one for the office and one that they take home to their wives. And it's like about that <clears throat> idea that men, yeah. men especially, disguise themselves and they become liars. Well, men of yeah. men of men lie because they they're ashamed of the feelings that they have so when they see somebody like us uh, who's who's expressing something really you know you know showing that freedom they don't like it they don't think we should have a voice and that's why people try and get me in trouble and try and get me fired because when i go on the telly and i talk about trans rights they think ah you shouldn't be what is this now you know they're rising up they're taking over <laughs> i was i was sorry to point out mermaids put a nice tweet out about it you know it's a huge win Huge trans win. Scottish Parliament has passed a landmark gender recognition reform bill by 86 votes to 39 after six years of tireless, impassioned work by Scottish campaigners. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a good result. It's good. It was. I think, I think the, what you're going to see now, The interesting though... thing is, though, that what, one of the uh, Scottish MPs who recorded the incident with, you know, the wig um, is in trouble now. <clears throat> So the mm. Scottish Parliament investigating MSP who filmed flasher protests during gender bill debate. I thought that was quite amusing. I'm not sure yeah. which I'm not sure which uh, MP it was. I think it's this guy, whoever he is. Um Well let, let's remember that it was only a few hours after this Scottish bill was passed that there were noises from Westminster. Yeah, I mean that's Orbiton. that's the next article here. Uh, Tory government suggests it could block Scottish gender reform from royal assent. Now you know that as as soon as it had come out that it had been passed, first thing they do, they start looking at okay, how can we how can we block this? And one of the things they're trying to use is something that's called the um, I think it's listed here. It's a uh, section thirty five of the Scotland Act gives the UK government the power to intervene on bills. Well, it, now I don't well, think that's going to I don't think that's going to work. Um, they, I mean, if they try and do that, it's going to go straight to the High Court, and yeah. um, can you imagine the backlash from the Scottish <clears throat> Parliament and how this would feed into, you know, promoting Scottish independence? I mean, if the if the government of the England, effectively UK UK government, wants to risk that, go ahead, see what happens. You know, well, the thing is, it's a, a constitutional thing now because because what Nicola Sturgeon, her yeah, main can't interfere with Scot Scottish Scottish lawmaking, can they? It's this is a this is a yeah. devolved yeah. issue. Keep your hands off England. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, Nicola Sturgeon's project, I think, is to make Scotland independent. Well, yeah, and I think this, and and it makes Scot this makes Scotland seem progressive, they are progressive. more inclusive, Much more progressive than England. Well, you see, now I, I, somebody was asking me, and I don't know if this is true. Could we go to Scotland and get a GR? You could move to Scotland, become a resident of Scotland. I think that takes. But six I, months. I have got fat because I've got family connection. I don't actually have a family there now. Once you're so ordinarily resident, and I think that takes six months, um, then you mm. could apply. Yeah. Right, but I don't think I'd, I'd qualify. You would, because I, I don't. Mm. Anyway. That's just something I was thinking about because I think oh, like, you could just you know, finish like, off doing the English one. 
you know, they had this thing where people went to Gretna Green to get married. Mm. And you could have this, it could be like this exodus of trans women and trans, well, trans well, I think I think a lot of people will move to Scotland, not just because of this, just be, because of, you know, generally Scotland is becoming more and more kind of accepting of trans trans people and all but I th- other different I issues. Imagine, well, you know what, I, I had another, this is a bit of a tangent, right? But I mean, you know, because we're, we're living in this era of climate change. What if it gets way too hot? to live north further north than carlisle so everybody has to move to scotland anyway so suddenly there are like housing projects popping up on the side of the loch ness that's it we're all moving north <laughs> there'll be a there'll be a city there'll be a city like london springs up and you know i can see this happening you know right you heard well, it here yeah. first guys i've lived in scotland i would i would go back if i felt that you know it was getting worse and worse here. I would I would definitely consider going back. But what what's interesting though it's like they made this massive deal about this bill, but there are other countries in Europe that that have had this for a while. You know, if you look at the map, of... yeah, there's about fifteen countries that have already got um, self ID. Wasn't it Spain that Spain Spain have just passed a a, a trans rights law to make gender recognition yeah. simpler as well. You see so me segue I think, I think there. Happened, I, w- I, I think went, that happened I went the same day. I went straight into that topic. You did. Professionalism. See, we're much it, more. We're much slicker now in 2020. Had it queued up behind. Um. Yeah. So this. I'm drinking. This sorry, it was I'm drinking the same flat day. champagne. So this was approved by 188 votes to 150. So it was, you know, it was it was a big win too. Um. Hopefully, this will go through within the next few weeks. Yeah, a draft bill well, allows trans people in Spain over the age of 16, 16 note, same as Scotland, to update their gender marker yeah. and name an official documents based on a, a simple request. I mean, that's the way it should be. Well, what 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 <clears throat> what interests me about this is like some when I read these stories about progressive policies in Europe and things like that, I think they seem really because we're we're sort of entrenched in a lot of negativity on Twitter and the politics of Britain at the moment or England specifically. And I think when you see things like this, it's like, wow, why is everybody else better than us? We seem <laughs> to be slipping I mean? behind, why, don't we? Why has England become this narrow, nationalistic, inward-looking, paranoid, nervous, anxious bit of land? It's tiny. Stop. Get over it. You know, we live in the real big world now. It's time to put your big girl panties on. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully at yeah, the next election we can get a better government in and we can sort, sort all this stuff out. Don't think it's going to happen right. uh, anytime soon. But anyway, we live in hope. Um, can I just say we've got a few people in the chat, and, and Roger's oh, yeah. here. Hey, Roger there. Hi, Roger. And, uh, UK skin. Just saying a few hellos because it's really nice to have people in the chat because we're just kind of building up the podcast at the moment, and you know we do we did a few, and we just uh, you know getting the numbers up, so it's nice to see people interacting with us. So thanks for that. I I can't reply to you all because I can't do like a million things at once. I'm just. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought I'd mention it. Try to keep up with pressing all the buttons. It's not easy, you know. Victoria, hello. <laughs> right. So the next story, I was absolutely fucking hilarious. Andrew Tate <laughs> has managed to get himself arrested because, uh, what was it? He put he posted on Twitter that I've got thirty three cars. How about that, Greta Thunberg? It was like some kind of like posturing, the usual kind of crap that he does. Yeah, and he's and talking Greta about his, his 33 
Bugattis, whatever they were, and their high emissions, and he wanted yeah, Greta yeah, to because... send him a, send send him her email address so he could send the information yeah, to her. Yeah, and, 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 and Greta <laughs> said, yeah, why don't you contact me at smalldickenergy at gmail.nobed or something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but it, but that was so that was such a burn because Greta has got a lot, but a lot more. But you see, the thing is, right, about this is that he made the mistake of thinking he could better that. And he couldn't, he should, what he should have done there is say, all right, Greta, you won that one. Yeah. But he's not that kind of man. He's the kind of man full of ego, probably yeah. full of cocaine. <laughs> and this is it. So he's like, so he goes on, he goes on a uh, YouTube or whatever. I Greta, I tell you what, I, I'll send you. Some, what was it? Oh God. He's so cringe. He, is cringe. he was like, He's like there with his massive cigar. Uh, I mean, I've not really known like... much about this guy until this until this incident popped up, and I was just anyway, re- reading through, you know, an article about him. He's he's such a misogynistic idiot. It's like, he's an arsehole. He's an arse. Well, you see, the really thing is. the thing is with this, right? These people know them. They know it's this thing of the the algorithm works for them because enough people hate them, enough people follow them for the lols. And and they become like a cartoon character. He's not a re- to me. Andrew Tate is not a real man. He's he's turned himself into some cartoon. This arrest won't won't hurt him at all. He'll probably boost him. That's the problem. So so even even no matter how serious these charges are about trafficking, sex trafficking, and all this, the culture does not punish him. Well, right? I hope, the, I hope never... the Romanian authorities do. No, yeah, that that might happen. But what I'm saying is, people like Piers Morgan, people like Jeremy Clarkson, people like uh, Mike Graham, uh, Julia Hartley Brewer, they love these people because they 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 know that they they can present a very simple one dimensional narrative. Which and Andrew Tate's message is very simple. It's like you feel insecure. It's somebody else's fault. Whereas Greta Thunberg, is it Thunberg? Thunberg. Uh, her message is her message is complicated. You have to think about it. It's not about, you know, it's not as simple as you need to do your recycling. <laughs> it's well, a yeah, multi-layer. I mean, her, her comeback against his video was was another class tweet from Greta. This is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. I thought that was yeah, amazing. so yeah, because he got he got he he, he managed to reveal his location, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, through the pizza box, which is behind me there. Well, the, Jerry's whatever the, it's called. But if you, if you look at this, yeah, if you look at this, if you look at this holistically, if you look at it as a, this is two people, Greta, Andrew Tate, who represent kind of two opposing narratives. And the, the thing is that the thing that Tate represents is something that is dying out, right? It really is. Like, like you know, you know, you're always going to be, I, I've had this argument with people who say what is wrong? You know, you you know, people like cars. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with liking cars, but but the world is changing. We're going from a more from a petrol base from a, from that. That is going to be. We're going to have more electric cars on the road and all that sort of thing. That's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, with with Andrew Tate, he represents a world that the people want to hold on to, which is changing quicker than they can grasp. And and it's like people have always. You know, people can always have a car. It's like we stop riding horses, but we they're still stable. If you want to ride a horse, you can still ride a horse. It just means that not everybody does it. 
<laughs> so nobody's taking cars or nobody's taking petrol away from you, right? If you want to drive a Mustang, I've got all the respect in the world for somebody that is an absolute aficionado and fascinated by Ford Mustangs and knows everything about how the engine works. And I think that's res- something to respect. But that's not what Andrew Tate is. No. He's somebody that is using that. that I mean, the, <clears throat> there's an article here. Be- it was in The Observer. Um, mm. It's like the in, inside the violent misogynistic world of TikTok's new star, Andrew Tate. I mean, anybody watching this, I, I would I would recommend you have a read of this. It, it kind of explains what he's all about and, you know, well, some of the background I, of his, I, where he came from, what he does on TikTok and, you know, a bit of his history. Do you know yeah, this idea of a teachable... This idea of a teachable moment, like where you think, "Oh God, yeah, maybe I'm going you wrong." You know, I mean, there's a there's a picture here of of him with. <laughs> He's um, not going to be. You know, Nigel Farage, um, and he's kind of real, kind of linked in with Tommy Robinson and all those kind of people. So, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. these things go hand in hand because he represents it. But I think I think this. This is why I have a lot of problems with people like uh, Tyson Fury and things like that. I I respect people that have, you know, kind of built themselves up and done their own thing. And, you know, I can watch watch, um, Tyson Fury and somebody like Andrew Tate and think, whatever, you know, you you do your own thing, right? But when it comes to this kind of level where you're normalizing misogyny and hate and, 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 you just your whole message is about dehumanizing women. It's, yeah, I think I think awful. one of the things that you said. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it was like um, I'm going back a few years here. I think. I mean, there was there was a kind of amongst guys there was this thing where they were they were doing this how to chat up women like like a yeah yeah like a chat up school of chat up kind of thing. I can't can't remember what it was called, but it was so. Well, these are called misogynistic. Yeah, like a pickup artist, like a school of pickup artists. I mean, they there have was these whole... books and sites for it, and it's it's just horrendous. I don't know if you ever looked at it, but, the... but that's but that's the... what he's kind of about. You know, it's I like do, I do actually um, some kind of online university I do, I do thing that, that he's that he set up for this, and it's, it's yeah, pretty of course, because it's about the idea that because because right. There's this level of it where it is obviously misogynistic, but it works. This is part of it's endemic in the culture. That's why these people are rewarded for being bad boys. That's how it's portrayed. Oh, yeah, they're just lovable. No, but kind there, of I mean, there's been a bad boy. There's been a bad no, boy. No, they're not. They've... No, but there is that. And then there's this like kind of pickup stuff. But then this, we're, we're now talking about um, trafficking and, and rape and stuff like that. I mean, that's a whole no, different are... thing. I mean, that's yeah, what he's been not. arrested. I mean, that's what he's I mean, been arrested my, for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, rape is 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 different than you know abusing your power online yeah. or whatever. But they're all connected. These guys that follow these men, who th- young boys that look at these men and think, "Yeah, I'm not getting laid, so it must be society's fault. It must be the women's mm. fault. Why aren't women paying me more attention?" It's like. You know, yeah, that's I mean, why I guess that's for us. these that's... younger younger guys who are kind of buying into this idea of I need to learn how to do pickup, like be a pickup artist to get women. You know, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. The the only thing you have to do is like not be an drug, arsehole. I'll tell like, you what, it's like you know, a gateway drug. You... I mean, you start with that, and where <laughs> where does it lead? Where does it go to? I'll tell you, you know what, what, if you if I, I want to say to these boys, you know, if you want to impress women, don't be Andrew Tate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's an example of what not to be. 
I might make that my next tweet. But the thing is with it, right, I always come back to this. It's like in the culture. It's endemic. It's not like unusual to hear, even on programs like Loose Women, they'll laugh at the bad behavior of men when it is abhorrent, really. Like their side, you know, they'll have these stupid stories about, is it okay to wolf whistle? And they'll, then one of the women will say, oh, well, I quite like it because it makes me feel nice. But it's not about you. It's about people invading your space and being entitled to that space. So, yeah, somebody could make some comment at me in the street and it'll just go over my head. Well, I will be thinking about it. Oh, what was that about? Why Why do people think that they have the right, to, you know what I mean, to do that? And that's why a lot of people come for trans women, because not only are we, not only can they be misogynistic towards us, but because they also think we're men, then there's that double layer of abuse then, because they don't even have to, like where they might have respected the fact that they might be able to, you know, get off with me. If which would never happen, but they they just become like abusive on a different level. So, like I've had guys come into me DMs and like ask me if I've had an operation, and it's that kind of invasion of your space and questioning of you that 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 these people at like Andrew Tate promote, and that's my main problem with it. It's mm. not. I, mean, I don't care. I want him to get arrested. I want him to be face charges. Yeah. But I don't think because of the way the culture is i just don't think he's going to be punished because he, he might serve like a few months in prison and then come out and then he'll be back on piers well Morgan. i mean he's he's been detained for 30 days in romania and i guess they're figuring out what they're going to do with him based on whatever's been going on well there will be people working to protect him that's what i'm saying so i think i think the when, romanians when... have been looking for him for a long time and then you know they saw this pizza thing and uh figured I mean, out i don't want to go on it a... in romania but yeah I mean, we I don't, don't, I don't really know what the this. charges are. I have no details of the charges, but yeah, you know, if he's been doing those kind about of things, this too long. he deserves what he's getting. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I don't want to go on about this too long because I don't want to give him no. the kind of attention that he craves. But the, the next, that's what the I next think... story is quite a funny one, actually. Um, this was this caught my eye because it's coming from uh, Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was about. Uh, dominatrix trio storm city council oh. meeting to demand publicly funded sex dungeons. <laughs> I thought, wow. So it's like council there's a, there's a led headline. sex shops. So, huh? so these, these three, <laughs> these three women and the, the pictures behind us, dominatrix in, in dom, like quite severe dominatrix gear, you know, rubber outfits and masks and all kinds of stuff. Um, so yeah, Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, a latex-clad dominatrix trio stormed a city commission meeting in Florida to demand a, a tax-funded sex dungeon and <laughs> and honestly work. So, well, I'm always, you know me, I'm always you'd be this all in kind of. I think he got, I think yeah, he got could... declined, but I just thought it was a funny story. Uh, it kind of it's caught a great story. <laughs> yeah, the trio appeared in person me... at the meeting in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, uh, to demand that the city's doms and subs get the sex dungeon they deserve. Kitted out in in black head to toe bodysuits, thigh high boots, and motorcycle helmets, the groups <laughs> strutted into the front of the meeting to make their request. They also promised to spank all in attendance. Well, I mean, more power to them. And I think sounds we like meet, your, what uh, we need... sounds like you're you on a USE party. Well, imagine if you could get. I mean, the thing is with this, right? Um, the worlds of fetish coincide with the worlds of art. And I've seen things funded by the Arts Council 
that are like fetish kind of events. So it does happen, you know. I mean, there's a kind of abstract version of it. So I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering if I art, can play artists, this. artists, artists subver- should be subversive. It should question things. There's, a, there's a video. There's a video here on, on Twitter. I'm just going to see if I can play it. See if it comes through. I'm not, I'm not sure the sound will come through. I'll try it. So if you can't hear it, you should be able to see them pop up in a minute. Well, I can't see anything at the moment. But anyway, what I would say is I love any kind of art protest. Like I was saying about Pussy Riot, anything like I like situationism it comes down to. Yeah, it's not learning. And it's like this idea that there's a protest, but it's kind of a performative protest. But that doesn't make it any less of a protest because protest is correct choreographed in a lot of ways you know you have to have because it's a visual thing and it's a public thing and it's uh it's consumed in that way because when things hit the media they're not quite in the moment are they they exist as an abstract of the thing that happens so situationism what it is is the idea we know this protest is performed but it means just as much as a uh what would you call it a spontaneous protest so i i've uh, i'm all for that you know i mean no protest is really spontaneous is it because you you organize and you but whether you think of it as a, a visual art thing is a separate thing but i always think when you look at there's always that one image that is taken you know there's a riot or a protest there's always that one image that stands out the winning image of the day the money shot and that that is always kind of the most violent moment or the most emotional moment, and that that is what carries on. That's what becomes art at the end of the day. Mm. So yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah, but <clears throat> I mean, if I could get a a government funded sex dungeon, I'd be yeah. applying well, right right now. <laughs> I'm just wondering what Bolton Council would think if you if you were to go to their council meeting dressed in in some gear. What would happen? They'd say, get out free, not again. Go away. We we told you last week. (laughs) Yeah, we told you last time. (laughs) Stop pissing on our carpet. (laughs) No comment. Um, Right. (laughs) Did you did you see um Did the video not work? No, it was it was very kind of slow i don't don't, i'm not sure why but i I switched it off but it was yeah it was really funny you should and the link is in the chat um on youtube so if anybody wants to have a look it's really quite amusing um did you did you see the voice kids this last week i missed that it was a a trans contestant darcy age 14 that's fantastic you know that's beautiful she, she did really well i was I was amazed at how good she was, and, and a family, a mum and dad, were interviewed, and they were so supportive. Mm. It was really nice to see mm. them, you know, being yeah, because, so supportive but, but, to the to their daughter. This is what I was saying, you know, when we were going through that thing with mermaids, and we were talking about that. I was saying there's no visible trans children because they want to yeah. protect those children. That's because they're very protective, and the parents don't want any because because obviously when they know that in the media. There's a lot of negativity. We've experienced it as adults. So imagine what it would feel like if you were a child. So so, so to have this, I mean, I think this is a really important story. This isn't 
you know, a, a side story. This is this is a massive story for me because it shows that somebody can express somebody can express the gender, whatever it is, and be celebrated. And the parent and, and you see the family are supportive. And in a way, it breaks my heart because like I, if if I'd have seen that when I was a kid, it would have changed my life. You know what I mean? If I if yeah, I was absolutely. a if I would yeah. I mean it's like there is some imagine like a tra- imagine on a on a on a singing show. Imagine imagine how 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 good you'd have felt about seeing that. Yeah. Exactly, because every when I was younger, the only time you heard anything about trans people or anybody on the trans non-binary spectrum, wasn't you'd never really heard non-binary when I was at school. But it was always something negative, like a, a always me story mm. or a kind of somebody's committed suicide or, you know, it was always something negative. And, it, and there are there are there are serious elements that, you know, people's lives are hard and complicated. But when you see this celebrated, I mean, imagine being 13, 14 years old and not being sure of your gender and wanting to talk about yeah. it and then see, seeing that. You'd have something to say, look, mom, dad, look, I saw this thing on the telly and I really relate because mm. like, we just didn't exist when I, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, I think the, that goes back the to the parents that. didn't have to say anything. I mean, they, they could have just said, here's Darcy and she's going to sing. You know, they didn't have to reveal that she was trans. And I think, you know, mm. I think it was obviously was would have been Darcy's decision to, you know, allow them to do that. But yeah, superly, super supportive of the parents to, you know, come on and do an interview like that and. She did really well. And, you know, Will I Am turned for her. And she had a bit of a reaction to that. She was really excited about the fact that she got through the first stage. Yeah. So hopefully she does really well in the competition. And uh, she was really good. I don't know if you watched it, but it was it was good. I've, I've not watched the video, uh, but I will do. Because it's only just occurred to yeah, me. Yeah, it was Tuesday's episode this, this week. 27th. It's only yeah. just it's only just now that it's actually because I've had a lot to think about mm. myself, but it's only just come to me how important this is. Because all we ever hear on Twitter about because 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 the, the thing is with the trans kids thing, that's the that is the what the what I call the shoe in for a lot of negativity. So they'll say they're medicalizing children, they're doing this to our kids. I, it's like, yeah, whatever. You, you you know that you can pull people's emotional synapses by saying kids and children and then associated it with medicalization. But it's like, no, you don't have to have anything medical. And the, the thing is with it, it's like when they're talking about, um, they're talking about just somebody expressing themselves, really. And whether they decide to go down any medical route is their personal Yeah truth that's you know, not it's really the, the you, point i mean the point shouldn't is, have to justify that she's on the show the parents were supportive everything was everything was great and she did a great job i mean it was it's really nice to see you see that uh, there's, there's this myth that 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 some transphobes have that if, when we see more positivity towards trans people more people will be trans and i i think that might be true but there's nothing why 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 is it always seen as a negative to be trans why not promote that? Why not promote that the idea that gender is fluid and you might not have to identify as this rigid binary? You know, we know our biology. We know that that is something that is just we're born with, but it's not the definitive thing about us as human beings. It's like we, you know, people go on about chromosomes and gametes, but that's not who we are as human beings. 
And like when you communicate with somebody, you're not going, what chromosome has this person got? <laughs> you're going, oh, yeah, yeah, she seems like a nice person or she seems like a bit of an arsehole <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, you're communicating on a sensory level, not on a genetic level. Yeah. You know, that seems to be lost on a lot of people. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but so. Anyway, uh, but yeah, good luck to her. I hope she wins. Or, or, I do. or goes as far as she can in the show. Yeah, I, I should, hope she I, becomes queen. Well, I should be watching it because I never watched the Voice Kids. I mean, it's I, I have watched the adult one, but I think I'll watch this series. It's uh, yeah, cheer her on. Yeah, yeah, I, it's not something I'd watch because I think of it as a bit twee and exploitative. Yeah, it is a bit, but you know, because it's got a somebody like Darcy in it, who's you know, yeah, been through what she has and has is getting that support it from does. her parents. I think it's really good to support it but it's a really powerful message so it's it important is. so frida were, were you listed in the new year's honors this year did you did you get unfortunately a call? i, did I, get I the didn't call, but I, I, I didn't i'm a bit I disappointed ref, i i refuse to be an obe or an mbe or any because i don't support this you know yeah yeah, yeah I, I, would, I, would accept, I, I definitely you, you would accept it say, though even though you're not supporting you still say yes wouldn't <laughs> i'd say i say i don't <laughs> like this but i'll have it because it might, it might, it might, it might help me earn some more money. <laughs> I can understand why people accept these things. So, have you heard of Helen? Uh, I think it's Belcher. She's a director of transactional and trustee of Transmedia Watch. Transmedia activists, yeah. Yeah. So she she won an OBE. Uh, That's great. Yeah, so there's a story. You see, you see, you see. Even though I'm cynical about awards and all OBEs and stuff, and I think it's all a corrupt business. When you see somebody like this win, you're like, yes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not really, I'm not really that familiar with them, but it's great to see somebody getting an award like that. Um, but you know, people people don't do things to get awards. They do no, them because they know it's the, the right thing to do. The, the interesting thing is though, the story's being kind of written as. You know, a transmedia activist who has been made an OBE said she was afraid of the backlash she might receive as a result. So the story is really about her being afraid of the backlash, not the fact that she's got an OBE. You know, so I think that's a bit of a a wrong approach with the story. It should be more of a celebration for getting the OBE. But you know, the yeah. fact that it's a there could be some backlash, and there probably will be. I mean, that's the story that um, the BBC News decided to use. Um, well, there's always backlash against everything, isn't there? You could, yeah. like, I'm sure somebody could say anything. Like, the, the word backlash is pretty much meaningless. It's like, if somebody says, I like cheese, somebody will say, I'm vegan. If somebody I mean, what, says, I'm vegan. Yeah, what Helen like, said here, like... <laughs> she, said, she said, I would hope it would mean things that we say are taken with a little more seriousness. Um, to be honest, I feel a slight fear of what the press reaction is going to be because it's almost as if trans people can't do anything right at the moment in the current environment. Yeah. You know, Miss Belcher said it was sad. The moment was tinged with with the fear of just another big blazing row. I mean, you know, that's all. That's see, all very this, true. This well, I, I, well, I just thought about this, and in a sense, because I was looking at you know Graham Linehan is back on Twitter. Yeah. And it's like these people will look at somebody like and this. Almost and every single stop... tweet he puts out is is anti-trans. Exactly, and they see this as a threat because the 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 one thing they don't want is for trans people to be seen as effective, accomplished, and 
you know, doing something positive, not because the only way they can think of us as is as freaks and weirdos and sexual beings. And that's the only dynamic they have in their mind about us. It's it, and, and when stories like this, the backlash, see the BBC mentioning backlash there, that backlash is coming from people like that. It's not coming from. I think most people read. They didn't need to put that about. No, I think I think the put... story should have been the celebration. Here's a trans person who yeah. won an OBE, and that's the end of it. You don't. Do we really that's want to it. talk about the backlash? I don't think we do. No, we don't need that because the backlash is gonna. We know about the backlash. We just yeah. want to celebrate the fact that somebody's yeah, doing something good in. You know, you can't. You know, celebrate you the fact that she's won any... the OBE, and then look into the work that she does with those organisations. That should be the story. Yeah, I mean... I mean, would some like if it was anybody else and they weren't trans, they would they mention the backlash because everybody gets backlash. No, it wouldn't be mentioned. I mean, but he was on the BBC, so Captain Captain Tom got backlash. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he was saying, "What's this old cod you doing walking up and down his garden? Sit down, you daft sod!" But that's backlash. But they don't mention it because they only mentioning it now because the word trans is in the story. You know what? I'm I'm going to bring something up now that I'm sick of hearing the word trans. Like, it's in the news every single day. No, no, it's not that I'm a trans is not an identity. No, it's not. It's not my identity. It's something we live in a world of language, and we have to navigate that. And yes, so what I am in the language is trans, and and that's why we have the word. You don't identify as trans. You identify as male or female. Frida, I'm female, and I'm Frida. But, it, but yeah. even that is is purely about legal stuff and how you define yourself when you write filling a form and stuff like that. But it really annoys me. I'm sick of seeing the phrase trans people and trans woman. And I just want people to be human beings and be named as the person they are. Yeah, I Because agree. why they can't keep doing this where... The story is the story is tainted. Like I, I use the word. It's like the focus is the, way... the focus is on the trans thing, and it should be on the person. That's that's the difference. It shouldn't be if there was an article about you in the paper, it would be trans woman Frida Wallace instead yeah. of just saying Frida Wallace. You know, it'd be like trans woman Frida arrested for stealing biscuits from Sainsbury's. Yeah, absolutely I mean, nothing I to do with being trans. I don't steal. No, I don't you wouldn't steal, steal them from Sainsbury's. You'd steal them from Tesco's. So. <laughs> You know, I, but what that's what I'm saying. So it's like, well, that's what the that's what the media do, isn't it? That's what it the is. tabloid press do so it, all the time. The fact that you're nicking biscuits will, will be because you're trans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, those pesky those trans pesky women trans take, biscuit knickers, take, in, invading Asda, mm. taking all the digestives away taking from real women. <laughs> Get off me, hobnobs! <laughs> <laughs> They'll be bringing out special trans food next. Oh God, don't don't go there. Free from penis. Free from penis. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <coughs> right. So the the next right, one's a uh, bit a bit more somber. Uh, you know, Vivian Westwood passed away. Yeah. Oh my God, Vivian Westwood. There I she mean... is in her glory. Vivian Westwood is one of those. So people, let's have a look at your t-shirt. Oh. If I stand up, will I disappear out the frame? Your head might disappear out the frame, but, you know. Can you see it? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a... It's not an original Vivian Westwood. It's kind of a copy of the Seditionaries brand that she outsourced. 
Well, it's my Jane County T-shirt. Jane County was uh, the first kind of transgender punk rock, rock and roll kind of person. And she came out of the Andy Warhol factory mm. New York scene. And she lived through that 70s punk era. And she met, obviously, she was part of that Sex Pistols. Proper um, icon. Yeah. But, but the thing about Vivian Westwood is, like that I, I've always liked, is she was very you know le- left of center politics very left and she was very outspoken about certain things but I, I think she managed to get away with some stuff because she's in a fashion world and it's seen as slightly out out there you know slightly outsider because it's all it's almost like except oh she's she's eccentric you know she's an eccentric yeah. woman so it's kind of permissible but I, but I, I think she's just a beautiful designer, and you know, she. I think I don't, I don't think people understand the impact that, because it's, it's, it's really weird looking. Because if you go in Primark now, you'll see T-shirts that look like this. That I mean, that picture like on the her... screen now behind us is Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren. It's a, it's a really cool picture. Yeah. You'll see pitch. You'll see stuff in high street shops now that would have been very, very subversive in the sixties, that's uh, mid seventies yeah. to yeah. early eighties. And yeah, that's that. That's her. That was her doing. And, and she, she was a close Clara. friend of Julian Assange too. Right. Yeah. Well, she supported Julian Assange. And she was. She was. She did a protest, didn't she, in a in a birdcage, um, in support of Julian. Yeah, I was just reading about that. Yeah. I think there's a picture of but it. She, but she was always doing this. Didn't she was all like the thing with fashion, and I think I talked about this with Balenciaga and things like that. They always trying to be edgy. A lot of these fashion brands now try to be edgy, and it comes from this kind of culture of Vivian Westwood and other designers in that 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 stream. But they kind of fail in the modern era because I think Balenciaga with what they doing is it's just too. It's just too, try hard. It's trying, try, too, trying too hard, hard to, maybe. Yeah, it's trying too hard to shock now because maybe they just run out of ideas. Yeah, Vivian, Vivian Westwood just did it in a sleep, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Because the main, the main um, motivator for people like Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood was to be the upsetter. You know, to say like this is what is ex- what can we do in in opposition to this? So it's to create a parallel opposite to something that is normalized. So they'd take a picture of the queen that is on the banknote and put swastika eyes on it, and and that actually was a different. And that wasn't them actually. That was later. That was another. I can't remember his name now, but there was another designer that did that. But they used to mess around with that kind of Nazi imagery. I mean, and it, it wasn't you know, because if, they. If, if you think about design nowadays, who who would kind of replace or be the equivalent of Vivian Westwood in today's fashion world? I mean, who is that? They don't exist. I they don't, don't think. I'm trying to think of somebody who would who's on that level. I, I just can't think of the names. Mm-hmm. And maybe well, it's just to, to... kind of unknown people that we that we've not heard of. I don't know. But 
Yeah. There are people doing stuff. I mean, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but if you look at high fashion, because mm. you'll see this is like the same story we get in the Daily Mail, you know, where they, they pretend to be shocked by things. So they'll show, you know, when they do a, a, a like a Paris fashion show, or a London fashion week, designers, designers, what they do in there is that they're uh, showcasing their most extreme vision, like the purest, the purest of the vision so it's not the stuff that's going to end up in h&m is it you know what i mean but it will will it be influenced by that but you'll see the and then and then the story is oh my god look at this what 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 people are supposed to be wearing this month and it's like no that's not meant to be worn on day-to-day life but it actually does filter down slowly like things that were subversive in the 70s are just accepted now even something as simple as having a spiky haircut you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's been a, it's been a strange week because you know this seems to happen every year you always get like really famous people dying over over the christmas new year period i don't know what's what that's about but it's the cold i don't know what it is but you know pele also died age 82 um yeah I, i've got to admit to you i don't know a lot about pele i know he was a well, Brazilian you know, obviously he's a very famous footballer. I have his have his image here. Yeah, in the article about Pele. Um, you know, one of the probably one of the best footballers in the world, Brazilian guy. Um, yeah. See why I'm see I'm not. Well, I say I'm not very interested in football, but I would watch a documentary about somebody like this because yeah. I'm fascinated by people's lives, and I think somebody that has that kind of influence and achievement they must have something special they must they it's like they must contain some kind of divinity (laughs) i don't know that's a bit of a fanciful way of putting it but i think i'm really fascinated by people that but you know during his career there's just some some stats on his career there scoring a a world record of 1281 goals in 1363 appearances during a 21 year career including 77 goals in 92 matches for his country i mean it's some of his stats are quite amazing I mean, there's always got to be somebody that's better, isn't there? There's always got to be that one <laughs> that I mean, shows only, everybody I think the else. Only people up. that could kind of challenge <laughs> Pele would be, you know, people like Messi and Ronaldo, but still miles off, in my opinion. Well, people are speculating on where I pinch my biscuits from now. So <laughs> I don't pinch anything. People give me things because they love me. <laughs> And then, you know, just continuing on the, the theme of death. I don't know why I'm focused on death, but... Uh, why are we ending on death, Vicky? I know. Uh, I suppose the, it's uh, quite... There's the, the last kind of topic we had here was the Pope had died, the former Pope, Pope Benedict the... Was it the the 16th? Um, yeah, he died, wasn't very popular, was he? Died at age 95. Well, no, he wasn't very popular, and he was he was quite anti-LGBT, wasn't he? Um I think he, he was, was in Hitler's everything. youth. He was in Hitler's youth at one point. Well, there were probably a lot of people in Hitler's youth that didn't want to be there, to be honest. Well, yeah. But um, uh, that's not me, you know, giving a free pass to people that were Nazis. That's just me having a realistic view of the time. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have any time for popes. But he's the only pope you know. that I think in in six hundred years almost that resigned the idea or that was the, pushed the, out the, from the role. Um, about 10 years ago, I think it was. Um, the thing that bothers me about this Pope thing is like the idea that a religion has a boss. like yeah. oh, And the, it's always a man. Head, the, Notice it's always a man. <laughs> the head the head of religion is the Pope. This, right? is, okay. this is how I kind of 
understand <laughs> why religions are, in my opinion, a nonsense. Because if you look at all the major religions, they're all organized, run, defined by men. So, you know, if <laughs> why is that? Well, what I want to see, I want to see the first trans woman pope, and I think it's going to be me. <laughs> Could you, you know, imagine? Pink News put out an article about it. LGBT Catholic Catholics recall uh, tremendous damage that Pope Benedict caused during his painful reign. Um, so I think he, you know, came out with some pretty negative things about the LGBTQ community. Um, anyway, we won't focus on that. But I thought it was interesting that you know Vivian Westwood Pele. And the Pope mm. all died the same week. I mean, that's can you imagine the pearly yeah. gates, what the conversation they'll be having. I was going to say something about Palais, actually. I was just reading that and I was thinking, you know, when people talk about trans women in sport and how it's unfair to have trans women competing against cis women, I was thinking, well, why do people watch sport? And it's not just about but it's the for the, it's physical... for the excitement and the competition, isn't it? It's like but there's there's a kind of there's a kind of thing that people relate to. Like when they look at sports people, they go, it's this it's about that striving to be better, to to overcome all the odds, to to reach for something that's bigger than yourself and to, to focus and to self-actualize. And I think when we see trans women doing that, we actually think that's a metaphor for all the struggles that ordinary people face. Now, I don't know. I'm not a sports scientist. I can't tell you what the difference is. And the, the you know, like when people talk about body mass and they talk about hormone levels and all that, that's out of my hands. I, I trust that sports scientists can analyze that stuff. But when I'm watching sport, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about, oh, this, this guy's amazing, you know, you know, this girl's yeah. amazing. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I can get behind this person because they represent something to me as a human being. But I think I, I think the, you know, the, the important thing with um sports is that yeah, it's competitive, but it needs to be on as much a level a level playing field as you can. You know, you want to try and mm. remove people's advantages. And this whole topic around, you know, trans inclusion in sport, which I know you're gonna be talking about later on whatever show it is you're going on. Um well, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to speak on GB News later. Yeah, it's only a short thing, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like when when a trans person is excluded from a sport. I mean, why why are they doing that? I think it's because you know a fear and and thinking that oh, this isn't fair. But if you consider that the trans person has been on, you know, if it's a trans woman, they've been on, you know, HRT, um, and that reduces your you know your performance mm. levels dramatically over a period of like four months to to a year i mean yeah, then you then then you'd be competing on a level playing field so you know i'm all for you know the kind of the medical science behind it to to show that yeah you know based on the fact that we've mm. checked and you know these this does happen i mean the the argument should be how can we include people based on based on it being fair yeah. not how can we exclude people you know, it's... yeah, because once you once you go down that road of saying we want to exclude, that's a very inhuman. Yeah, the the first kind of... the, the first most important point is how do we how do we include on a fair basis? That's that's where it should start, in my opinion. I think I think another part. I mean, this is going off on a bit of a tangent, really, on the Pele story. But the thing that always strikes me is that this there's this notion 
that trans anti-trans people that 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 men are trying to invade women's sports now nobody decides to be trans and certainly nobody makes that journey thinking i want to beat women (laughs) they don't do it you know what i mean they don't think right i want to do well in sports so i'm suddenly going to decide to be a woman so i can why why would you why would that across your mind they wouldn't do you know what i mean it's it's, it's a nonsense it's just and, like, and it's, we've it's seen just the arguments with, they come up with i mean with emily bridges and things like that we see time and time again that they don't win massively they don't they don't because <clears throat> i think i think i would be the first person if somebody was winning everything and somebody was like way ahead and there was no actual competition because one person was like superwoman. I'd be like, no matter what gender they were, I would say, look, this person, they, they're making a bit of, they, they're special. They're weird. We need to put them in a separate category. But that's not happening, is it? Really? Yeah, so the, the conversation you're going to be having later is around, should they be creating a separate category for trans um, yeah. sports people? Mm. And they're, they're suggesting that in that category, it should be men trans women and non-binary people i mean how on earth does a trans woman who's on hrt compete with a man who's obviously not on hrt i mean how is that fair it, exactly. it doesn't make sense to me it's well just, another thing it's just an argument to how how can we exclude trans people because we don't like them it's not it's not it's not an well, argument around how do we include them because we want to be an inclusive organization we... you know but it's like some people that we get drawn into these arguments that we're not experts in, but we have some kind of emotional investment in. So so I'm not a sports scientist. I don't really follow sport even that much. But the story is interesting to me because it represents that kind of thing where yeah. what I call a what I call a performative argument. The argument only exists in the media because of the word trans. Right. And that is where the story lies. It's got it's about weaponizing and finding something to to make us seem like we're a threat or we're mm-hmm. invading. Or And it's all these it's the same narratives against immigration and that the same media people promote. It's like I was saying about this, about, you know, they're all lobby groups that write the that, that fund these stories in the Daily Mail or whatever it is. I always mention the Daily Mail because that's that because that, that's their bread and butter, isn't it? Because if they don't, if, if, if the hunting lobby want to put a story and they'll pay for that story and they'll show pictures of angry looking foxes with the headline fox each child. It's the same mechanism. It doesn't matter what the subject is. They want people to be afraid and they mm. want people to be frightened of, of something they don't understand because some lobby group wants people to be afraid of it. Now, if it with, with the trans and sports thing, I, I think if there was an obvious situation where there was one person that was physically stronger, I mean, they had that case of Fallon Fox, you know, the kickboxer. Yeah. Well, kickboxing is a very unregulated world and it's a very money-led world and it's a very, it's not like, you know, so there were boxing, kickboxing promoters that would put her with women knowing she would win. That's a failure, not of being trans. It's a failure of the system that is trying to make money. Now, you know, you you don't want to, you don't want to... I mean, that, those kind of things people. kind of you know fog fog the thing don't they i mean it's it's difficult to kind of pull out the truth of what's going on there yeah 
Yeah, what, well, what, I would rec- what I would recommend for people who who may be listening or watching is that uh, Kirsty Miller, Australian lady, sports well known sports person. I think she, I think she won Olympic medals. I don't know, but she she did a really interesting um, interview on ABC Australian uh, radio, yeah. I which I I tweeted out um, yesterday. It's really it's really a good listen. I would recommend anybody have a listen to that. And they, they go into all the issues around, um, you know, some of these topics around hormones and performance levels and how, you know, what the, what the IOC is doing with with these kind of issues. It's really interesting. Listen, Kirsty uh, yeah. is really kind of an expert on in this field. I, I would recommend her as my first point. You know, if you want if you want to have a listen to some of the arguments, and also Felix did an interview. Your friend Felix. Uh, he yeah, did an. Interview. I only know Felix. I only know Felix on Twitter. I don't know yeah. Felix in real life, but I know we've had a few chats, so I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that was a really good interview too. Well, I'll look at that. I mean, I always worry that, like, because I'm not an expert on any of, like, when it comes to sport, I need to, because I'm going on to talk from a trans perspective, so it's about the story. It's not about, it's about the the bigger picture, isn't it? like mm-hmm. why this story exists and who it who it's trying to appeal to. So I always approach it that way because a lot of these things, like when they're talking about prisons, when they're talking about sports, when they're talking about single-sex spaces, those arguments exist not to help anybody but to demonise a section of society most of the time. So that was the problem. So, yeah. Well, so, good, look, good uh, luck on your appearance. On my appearance, on my appearance is fine, not, thank you. Not your appearance, <laughs> your later appearance. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that was a. a I think that's, that's. I think we've gone through all our topics. We have. Haven't we? we have. Yeah. And I, I just kind of thank. Can you say hello to some people you've chatted? I think ahead, mainly yeah. Roger. UK yeah, I've not been following the chats because I've been Victoria. busy doing the. Um, no, because I, I I like it when people chat because it feels less lonely out here. <laughs> But I know it was. It's, I knew it was going to be a bit quiet today, with it being New Year's Day, and you know, people are hungover. People have been out to like. Oh yeah, parties, there's, a lot, so. there's a lot of chatting. I'm just having a look at the chats now. There's a lot of chatting going on. Say there. hello to people, but you know. Yeah. So yeah, happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, happy, happy New, New Year. Queer. Happy, happy New Queer. And I hope. Well, I I think 2020 is going to be really bumpy. I think there's going to be. I some... think yeah, there's going to be lots of stuff going on. I'm sure. There's um, a lot brewing, isn't there? There's a there lot is. of tension brewing, not just in this trans debate, but also globally. And I think you you're going to be you're going to see the ramping up now towards elections because we know we're going to get a general election in about 15 months, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a U US president presidential election in about the same yeah, time. It's coming up. So what you're going to see, you're going to see lobby group like we. I always mention lobby groups because that's basically you know political influencers. They're not politicians. There's a difference between a politician and a political influencer, and a politician is generally following the political influencers because people like. I mean, even somebody like Andrew Tate. People, politicians will follow him and think, you know, maybe we can appeal to some of his fans, and that's well, how yeah, it works. They can now. So try got... and try and use them just to to boost their bases, as they say. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, th- this is what I'm saying. So 
So somebody like I mean, I don't there'll be people on the left who'll side with Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, sorry. And but I you see it all the time, like, you know, these pundits that come on to talk TV and GB news. So we've all got a certain angle we want to push, but there are certain people that are pushed more than others because the channel wants a certain political leverage and they know mm. where the money is coming from. So there's not a lot of money. There's no there's no left-wing kind of GB news, is there? There's no left-wing version of... I mean, there might be... You've got byline times and you've got byline TV, but... I'd like to see Pink News do a TV show. I think that would be good. Mm. I think they should do a podcast. Don't they do a podcast? Well, they, they could come on ours, couldn't they? I think they do, actually. But... I'll go on it. I'll go on anything, me. I'll turn yeah, up I to know. the opening I of an envelope. Yeah. As long as I pay you, <laughs> she'll do anything. <laughs> money, money, money. Well, no, uh, I wouldn't do it if I didn't have something interesting to say. Oh, what if I mean? Maybe I'm just talking complete nonsense. But no, I think you know uh, it's, it's not. We've said this before. It's not easy going on those shows and and talking about trans issues as a trans person when you're being attacked by not only the host but also the the other guest. That's not an easy thing to do. You know, but I don't go on there as a trans person. Like I no, said, no, but before, I know you I, don't. I, but you are. So and I they, go, and I, they know I that. Go, but I go on there thinking over here. It's think, some bullshit. Yeah. I think and over here is the truth. You should <laughs> kind of not focus on the fact that you're trans at all and just, just talk about the issue. That mm. would be good. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I try to do. But they tend to tri try and trip you yeah, up. Yeah, they'll, they'll try and trip you up and say, oh, Frida, you're a trans woman. What do you think? Oh, yeah, Frida, oh, well, you used to be to do a with being a trans woman, but here's my <laughs> thought, you know. I don't even, you know what, in real, in my real life, I very rarely think about, when I'm interacting with people, it doesn't even cross my mind that I have to state that I'm trans I know. or anything it's like, like you shouldn't have to state it anyway. I mean, what, I mean it's some nobody sexual else, one, Number one, it's nobody else's business. And, you know, num number two, do you want to be talking about it all the time? No. You know? Well, I've noticed that as, as I've gone through my transition and been freedom more, I've thought about it less. It's only because I'm doing this kind of going on the media and talking about it that I, but you think the scene, one of my motivations is like when I, before I came out of it, I like to see people being visible and being out there and saying that yeah, I'm a trans woman and I do this because I think that's a positive thing. Because in some ways, you could be trans and never even mention it. You could just get on with your life and never well, I mean, be you, involved in politics. Yeah, having the trans voice out there is important. I mean, you got a nice message from Paul Paul Brewer. Is that, isn't that his last name? Was it Brewer? Uh, Bloomer. Bloomer, sorry. Paul Bloomer, yeah. Um, yeah. He sent you a really nice message on that last one you did. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's about sending that positive thing out. Because, you, like I said, you could be trans and never get involved in politics. And there's no reason why you should. But because I'm kind of uh, an attention seeker, <laughs> I am. A, I mean, I suppose I am a bit because I'm a bit of a performer and I, I like being a doing my art stuff. And but I see it as all part of the same thing, you know. Like I don't see my, you know, when I do my stage stuff, when I do like poem that spoken word i don't see that as any different than going on gb news i think i'm still sending the same core message even if it's in a different form you know yeah so that's why i do it and right, um, well, i shall tune in later and 
and have a watch. Well, anyway, but it's lovely to chat, and I'm what so do you think glad about our new got... our new design? It's quite it's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, we need to get some feedback, guys. Like, yeah, I mean, some it... feedback, please. Is the sound okay? Because we had some glitch, glitching problems. We had some glitching problems, didn't we? We before? used to, well, we were yeah. having some echoey problems. I think we solved those. Um, I've had some fringe problems. My my fringe has grown out now. So, so I've got like an emo quiff thing going on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad we've got 2023 podcast off to a good start. So we're going to build on it now. We want to keep promoting it and yeah. your little, our little, get a little team of uh, a little crew together who watch us, and then they can. Yeah, share don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm going to make some jingles. Yeah. Gender nebulous. Yeah, maybe we need every a new, a new so, tune. Do you think every we need a new Sunday. Tune? Yeah, I'm singing it now, and you interrupt. Oh, is that the tune? Oh God. Gender nebulous every Sunday at five thirty. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think it's time to sign off. Say goodbye to our lovely right. listeners. Well, thank you for watches. viewing. Thank you for tolerating us. Thank you for tolerating us. <laughs> yes. And we will be here next week, hopefully. And, and uh, yeah, we're going on the BBC soon, aren't we, Victoria? Hopefully. Well, that's the plan. Yes, call. whether it's actually going to happen, we'll have to wait and see. We but, got a yes. call from a we got a call from a producer who wants mm. to uh, review our. Well, we better be careful. We're not sending them something where we're swearing. <laughs> I was saying, uh, she said, "Send me a clip of the podcast." I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> so send the whole. <laughs> Just send the link to this one. This is the latest one. I'm so, like, yeah. Yeah, we'll do. I'll extract something from it, but it's really hard to find a bit where I'm not slagging someone off or saying something disgusting. <laughs> Indeed. No, I'm, I'm I'm quite well behaved now. Yeah, you've toned down. If you listen to you? our you, earlier, you, you've toned you, down quite a lot. I'm not toned down. I've just got more uh, <laughs> precise in my like more economical with words. <laughs> All right. So I shall sign us off. Oh, Sarah! Sarah just oh. said Happy New Year. So oh, yeah. we'll Happy say hi to Sarah. Thank you. Hi, Happy Sarah, Roger, and Victoria, and Roger. Oh, I said Roger. Are you? I'm not sure UK Skin is, but I'll, I'll call it UK Skin because that's the username. So bye for now. Thanks for watching. And I'm going to get myself a drink bye. of flat champagne. <laughs>